I want to map out two potential seasons that you may be in your life right now. Perhaps you're slaying it right now. Your business is going well, or you're about to transition into working in your business full time, kids acting right, doing great in the romance department, and everything just awesome. Or what if you aren't working your dream job or you have yet to even start your business. Perhaps you're just in a funky season where nothing's going well with your kids or your family or anything that really means well for you. Like, what do you do? What do you do when you feel stuck? And I really wanted to investigate this. So I brought in my friend, confidence coach for men, Martin Hiderstolf. And Martin is entrepreneur, self-published author, speaker, and just really helping men understand who they are so they can pursue happiness and health. And if you want to move in toward happiness, I really want to encourage you to listen to today's conversation. So even if things are going well, or maybe not so well, you're going to get some really valuable information. And even if you're not a man, listen up to this conversation because you might have someone in your world right now who is at a point where they need to make a decision and they don't know how or where to go about doing it. So listen in. There's going to be some really good tips coming to you after this short break. Hey, Margo, how are you doing today? Hi, Denise. I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's uh, great to be a guest on your podcast and uh, connect with you again. You know, it's super great to talk to someone who has the ability to see things for how they are versus how society and marketing and all these different places put it up to be. Because I, I know that you and I are just both so passionate about helping everyone. And I know you specifically for men being their best versions of themselves. And so would you kind of just kind of gently kind of guide me and those of you guys who are listening about why is it hard for men specifically in that in that weird age bracket, 45, 50, that, that range to find themselves? I mean, shouldn't they already know who they are? They've lived on earth long enough. Ah, well, I would say it's, it cannot be harder or further from the truth because the way our society has structured men's perception of their self-worth and value has been tied up to their ability to be a good provider, especially in the Western world. In Eastern cultures, that's very different. But in the Western developed world, that tends to be the predominant concept of how men see themselves and understand themselves. Because if you go to and ask a guy about themselves, they'll tell you what they do. Not what they are, not how they think, what they feel and those things, but they think that they their identity is tied up to what they do or they define themselves as the actions that they put forward versus the actual actor playing those actions in the movie of their life, so to speak. So this is the predominant challenge that most men tie up their self-worth to their status in life, whether it's professionally, whether it's financially, all these things that make them a good provider. And that makes perfect sense from an evolutionary perspective, because if you are living on the plane of human Body consciousness, your only concept of self has to do with this thing. You, and you're going to be functioning as uh, any creature that has few predominant needs driving their behaviors, which are number one, survival, number two, procreation. It's as simple as that. It's not very complicated. So if you're limited in that paradigm, obviously, as as the the male you want to be a good provider because that's that makes you more attractive to the opposite sex and all your efforts and so on will go into this and obviously with being a good provider obviously you're going to 
secure your survival too, in a sense that you're going to have shelter and food. So all your needs, basically primary life needs that your life is <laughs> kind of like designed to fulfill are fulfilled by that. And that's why it's the challenge. But when once men reach that point of their kind of like early 40s, mid 40s, maybe sometimes even mid 50s, it depends. Every person is different because their journey has been different, what they've been exposed to, the challenges they went through, the struggles and so on. But even the most successful people have these moments that they start to ask the questions, is that all there is to life? And that's a very important question everybody to ask because society has given you some ideas, values, beliefs, dreams, and so on that you've been buying into. And if you've checked out a lot of the mar the, the, the boxes on your list, you're going to see that none of those things would ever give you any satisfaction or fulfillment. So there comes a moment when you ask yourself or... Hopefully, you ask yourself this question, is that there all there is to life? What else is there to life? Or well, what's the meaning of life? Am I just here to acquire things that eventually I'll have to leave behind? Because everybody got, like arrives in this world naked, so to speak, right? And possessionless. And we leave without even our bodies. We cannot even take that. So what's the point in accumulating all these things? Mm -hmm and playing that, those games. There must be a greater meaning in life. Otherwise, if we're not looking for that, we don't really understand the purpose of life. And then if we don't understand the purpose of life, how can we really live life? Can I zoom in a little bit more, Marta, on this idea of survival? Because sure. I know Perfect. there are yeah. people who are in survival mode yet have six figures plus in the bank. I know people who are on survival mode right now who are listening, who on the surface seem like they have everything put together. And then they're wondering every day, is this life worth living? Do I have any sort of assurance that, I, that I'm doing good despite they've checked off all the boxes? Well, here is a fundamental reality that we all human beings, and not just human beings, but any self-conscious organism that has sentience at some point has to face its, its own mortality. And being that we can only understand what happens in our human brains, our thinking process, and so on, it comes a moment when you realize whether this is triggered by somebody passing, passing too early in, in your family or your friends, or maybe you losing a parent or a loved one, whatever the situation is, it comes a moment that triggers this realization that we all mortal. Because in early, let's say, teenage years and, and uh, like the early 20s, most people are not unaware of those things, right? They're driven by high hormones. Everything is kind of like, hey, you know, the world is uh, ahead of you and your life is ahead of you. So they don't stop to ask those questions or to realize that we all mortal. But there is this fact that the moment you are born, you start to die. Like it, it, it's the ex there's only one destination for this object, and that's the grave. That's the that's the sad reality if you would choose to look at it this way. Or you can choose to look at it as an inspiration, again, to look much deeper into the perspective. Because, again, I'm going to circle back to what I said earlier. When it comes down to body consciousness, if you live only with the body consciousness, then survival is your number one thing because you see yourself as this body. And if something happens to the body, if you lose the body, then obviously you're gone. Your existence ends. So everybody who has not transcended, and this is when I say this, everybody, there are very few people that actually do. This is this is hard work. This is not very easy to achieve to raise your level of consciousness, of self-awareness and perception beyond the five senses and the body to start developing spiritually and in the most definite way. You can develop yourself spiritually just like you can go to the gym and lift weights. 
that's the real purpose of evolution is spiritual evolution. It's not for forms to evolve into more complex type of uh, forms of life. They only evolve into more complex forms of life because this ensures the spiritual evolutions. Because the more sentient you are, the more capable you are of doing that type of evolution on your own terms. What I mean by this, proactively versus being kind of like pushed or dragged by evolutionary processes that take millions or not billions of years. So to get back to what I was saying and connect the dots, everybody who has not transcended body consciousness is living in survival mode. Every single person, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy, the most powerful and successful person in the world, I don't care who you are. You don't, don't one thing that drives all of your behavior is the fear of death ultimately. This is the ultimate fear that creates all the other fears. But the moment you transcend and I don't mean by simple intellectual understanding that there's something much deeper to your essence than just this body, because this body is like a well-tailored suit that you put on every morning you wake up. But you've been putting it on for so many days and so many lifetimes, and that's a whole different rabbit hole that we can talk or address upon. But point being, you get so used to it, and you lose sight of the real big picture of who and what you truly are. And when I say who, I don't mean like what your title is, what do you do for work, what do you own, and those type of things. But what you truly are in your essence, when you remove all these labels you put behind I am. If you can sit with just that thought, I am, what am I? What, am I? what is this I? that is looking in the world, that is making sense of the world, that is experiencing the sense through this body. I'm going to share a quote with you from the movie uh, Wall Street, 1987. And this was um, Michael Douglas in this the, the role saying, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for a lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love. Knowledge has marked the upward surge of mankind. And so I know as you're listening to this, people are going to be like, well, what Marta says is awesome, but I know what's selling. What's selling is rising up the ranks. What's selling is trying to be famous. And we see it all the time. I mean, we're date stamping. This is October, 2023. And we're hearing about what that, that guy with that moppy curly hair that ran that huge crypto scam. Uh, what, what was that name of that? Yeah, I forgot his name, but it was a by by Binance, not Binance, that other platform. Yeah, the Sam whatever his name is. Yeah, God that, bless him. Yeah, God that bless place. Him. And we see it again and again and again, people who are focusing body centric about, I need to get these knees done and they're crashing and burning and they're still continuing with it. How, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I know there's some people who are so stuck on that, that juice of that idea that they're just drinking every day. I got, I got to accumulate more. I got, I, I know I'm going to die one day, but I got to accumulate more. Well, here's the thing. We all come here to learn certain lessons. And th there's something that I need to add here to add more context, because it's all about the context here, not so much of the content that I've been sharing with everyone. But the context is what's going to give framework to, to this discussion of where I'm coming from. Once you really, in your direct experience, realize that this is not you, you're not this body. This game is not to be played to accumulate and so on. And I mean this, you realize this by direct experience within yourself through, through advanced spiritual practices. You know that this is not your only life. You know that you've lived before. So every having said this, in every past, culture that has been and has ever been taught or shared the concept of reincarnation or living one more than one life. 
And why is this important? Because this has to do with what is known as karma or the law of cause and effects. Meaning that everything you do, every action you take, every thought you have is a boomerang you send forth and eventually comes back to haunt you. So if it's positive, it's affecting the lives of others because what I mean positive, meaning whether it's constructive or destructive, harmonious or dissonant. Is it creating greater harmony and good in the world or it's just selfish and it's kind of like my way for in the for the cost of the others right i don't care and this is how we learn life is a school it's a school system that goes on forever if you think you graduated because you went through high school or you went through through even harvard you're not going to learn anything in harvard that's actually going to help you to graduate from earth school the only way to learn from earth school is to make mistake suffer and learn from them because when everything goes well in your life, when the, the kind of like life floats or flows your way, you don't tend to notice anything or learn or even stop by or slow down to notice what really works and what doesn't and question and analyze and reflect upon things. Usually most people have to be like slammed in the face or with a baseball bat in the back of the head to really realize, oh shit, my life is not really going in the direction that I should be continuing forward. What, like, maybe I should slow down and check what's wrong, right? We got, we got AI. We got that weight loss drug, Ozemic. <laughs> I mean, we got Instacart, what, you know, Grubhub. We got things that we can just click, 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 pop, slurp to avoid discomfort. Yeah, we we live in a world that is filled with uh, just number one distractions, number two ways to numb out and avoid or ignore the problem. So we can get be, can, we can be miserable but very entertained. So we can forget about our misery that's rising up within, or we can find ways to cope with. Temporarily, although this can be sustained to a certain degree or period of time, eventually, just like any volcano, it will erupt. My advice is not to wait for the eruption of the volcano, but to start pre taking preventative steps so you don't have to deal with the, with the big problem afterwards. Because what's going to slam you in the face is what is known as the ever-escalating feedback loop of the school of life it first starts like kind of like it's poking you it's poking you then it's kind of like a you know a push then it's like a slam in the face next is the baseball bat on the back of your head and then if you still don't fucking get it well the bus comes and wipes you up so be my guest <laughs> you know at the end of the day you're the expert of your own life you should make your choices in life and your choices bear certain results or outcomes and the better choices you make, the better your outcomes. It's as simple as that. You can choose to be as distracted as you want or as entertained as you want or as convenient as you want, but I have news for you. Eventually, life will create the conditions for your discomfort to occur and for you to suffer and experience what needs to be learned so you can progress because your presence in the school of life is required so you can progress and grow. Not in your comfort zone because nobody grows in the comfort zone. What happens in your comfort zone, you turn into a block. It's as simple as that. So you have to adopt a certain mindset, especially if you're an entrepreneur or somebody who's building anything worthwhile in this life, because if it's going to be worthwhile and it's going to last a while, it's going to take time and effort. Nobody became great at anything, built anything great or done anything worthwhile that took a day. It looks like that now with social media, when you look at the success of people, because they only show you the success, they don't show you the whole journey that took place over years and years and sweat and tears and so on and so on. But my point being is you have to learn to be comfortable 
being uncomfortable. That's the key skill that if you some way, somehow wrap your head around and start getting used to, your life will transform and you can accelerate your growth, success, prosperity, and well-being in many, many ways because you're never going to find anything worthwhile in a comfort zone. You know, I'm going to give you this simple analogy. Comfort, people can, uh, here in the Western world, especially in the developed world where we have all these convenience, confuse comfort and convenience. Or they kind of like mix them together. So yeah, I mean, let's take McDonald's for example. It's very convenient. And yeah, maybe it's comfortable to eat it versus eating something healthy and going picking it up. Then nowadays they'll even deliver it to your home. And it's great for a moment or two. But if you keep on sitting with this great comfort and convenience of McDonald's or whatever the hell it is that you choose to nurture your body with, eventually you're going to rip the benefits because all that food is, there's no food in it. It's just chemicals and garbage that is literally <laughs> toxifying your body to the degree where you're going to find yourself, you know, with either diabetes or cancer or both. Okay. Okay, I'm trying not to be like hard on you on this bit because I'm going to bring I I, I want to bring up some more pop culture stuff because I I really know that there's someone listening who's like I don't believe you so sure sure yeah no you can choose to believe whatever you want right <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm reading this article in the Wall Street Journal is is it's a music review of drake's new album for all the dogs and i'm going to just read just a couple of sections because sure, it, it, it highlights perfectly what you're saying about the brand of comfort and lack of self-awareness so i'm just going to read a little section of it quote it's true that such sentiments were present at the beginning of drake's career but he will turn 37 later this month and the lack of self-reflection and growth is starting to seem weird and such objectionable content is easier to forgive when delivered with humor and self-awareness, which are in short supply here. The two modes, and I'm going to go for a little longer, the two modes of ang um, two modes, anger and aggression directed toward the women he feels have mistreated him and the haters who don't respect him form the base of basis of almost every track here. And given the record's grotesque length, 23 songs across excruciatingly long 84 minutes, it's a hard album to sit with, with for its duration. But in despite of this being one of Drake's weakest records, his popularity is still easy to understand. But the album's greatest virtue from the perspective of his many fans is that it's an extension of a well-known brand. We are selling this idea that it's okay to feel angry and self-righteous at the same time. Like, I don't see how growth happens. I know you said earlier that you could be hit on the wall, you can slam and go through all the stuff, but you could sit here and look at examples, Drake and say, well, he is like, he's failing his way upward talking about all the people who have wronged him and harmed him. Well, I mean, everybody can choose to vent out however they want, because if they, here's the thing, a lot of, I, I, you, I, I mean, this comes from a place of understanding really the, the creative process, because I actually have a professional experience in the music industry. I used to work with leading record labels and publishing companies, and I'm a, a very well-educated producer and engineer myself so i know what the pr creative process is and i still mentor and help up and coming and developing artists uh, local in my area in los angeles most highly talented people in music use music as a way to vent out for all their unresolved trauma whatever that is and this is the inspiration behind all their music and if they were to solve those problems for themselves, they will move on to other things because they'll no longer need that channel to express this pain through. It's basically a way for them to vent out, I need help. But instead of using it to, to in a sense, 
realize themselves that I need to work on certain things that still hold me back. It's my baggage. I'm talking about my baggage, but point being why to, I guess, where you or brought this up is to relate this to everybody else. Everybody have their baggage. So in my humble opinion, people who are drawn to his music or attracted to his art also have baggage, so they relate to his pain. And hence why they stick to his brand and whatever he has to share with them, right? Because otherwise... I'll give you some examples of my own journey, right? Where I went and who I am today. Back in the day, growing up as a young man in Eastern Europe, like with first the first Western music I was exposed to as a kid was like Green Day and Offspring and all that kind of grungy and Nirvana too and kind of like uh, alternative rock or whatever you want to call it, right? Like we used to skate and do those type of things. Then little by little, I got into basketball and all these things. So I started listening to rap music and hip hop and this and that. And this was the kind of like, I would say the, the, soundtrack of my life up until I started to do the inner work in my kind of like early 30s. And the more I did it, the more I did it, the more I became aware and not just about how I was, but also of fundamentally important facts that influence who we become and how we are. And what I mean by this is the way we feel, the way we think, the way we act, the most important things within our control that we can will in a certain way and use an intent with intentional direction. So the more I realize how much music affects us and especially our subconscious mind, because the more you listen to the same thing, over and over again, it records into your subconscious mind. So you start to brainwash yourself with this information. So I realized that a lot of this, at a certain point, I realized that none of the music, for example, was serving me because the message was all about violence. It was about hatred. It was about greed. It was about competition. It had zero value to my growth and well-being as a conscious human being. It had anything to do, everything else to do with keeping me disempowered or just continue to pro to propagate this dysfunctional message that is propagated throughout all media, generally speaking, whether it's the news, whether it's movies or whatever it is, it's the same energetic kind of frequency, which always relates to these very base Emotions that trigger that survival instinct within all of us, right? Fear, anger, anxieties, lack, scarcity, whatever name it, insecurities, not good enough, all these things. So the moment I realized that, that was it. I deleted it all. I never listened to it again. All the music I listened to is either has zero lyrics or it has positive messaging in it. So every time I listen to something, it continuously condition me to have a positive outlook on the world, myself, and the way I feel. So it's in alignment with where I want to take my life, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. I think a lot of people are going for what's popular and what's trending, not necessarily what's nourishing and healthy and appropriate for where they want to go. Well, that that's always going to be an issue with somebody who doesn't have an established identity, authentic identity, yet they'll be looking at what everybody else is doing and following their example. Majority of people in humanity or in society will fall in that, I would say, the middle spot because it's it's uncomfortable to have a different opinion or like things that everybody doesn't. Right. To have an opinion that contradicts the popular prescription of what everybody should be doing <laughs> to have your own opinion, because. We are faced with a major issue that has been going on for over 100 years in the Western world, and that's the educational system. It's a system of. Indoctrination, not education. It teaches people what to think, 
not how to think for themselves. And when you cannot develop <laughs> a rational ability to evaluate, to challenge certain ideas, thoughts, beliefs, and all these, all this information that is presented to you on a moment-to-moment -moment basis nowadays through the internet and web and devices and so on. And you can really put it to the test and see whether or not it's valid, whether or not it really makes sense to even buy into it and give it any of your energy and entertain in your head, right? It's very hard to, to do anything about it because you've been conditioned just to take things at face value. But that's the greatest mistake you can take. I myself am an open-minded skeptic. I have a curiosity disease. I'm a curious, I'm curious about everything, but I don't take it at face value. I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to make sure that it actually produces the results it talks about, for example, or it's in some way, somehow supported with, with the data that was scientifically in a sense in a repeatable process proof through somebody, or I'm going to look at their life and see if they have evidence for it. Because otherwise, we can talk about very educatedly about many subjects here, as most people in academia do, nothing against them, they do their work, but they only know about these things. They don't demonstrate them or have zero ability to actually do those things. They can talk about them all day long. But when it comes down to actually putting them into practice, or in other words, as Einstein said to use his quote, theory and practice in practice are very different things. <laughs> There's a lot of people here who have staked their worth, their value, their sense of identity based on the accumulation of knowledge. And if there's anything that counters that, it's met with vitriol, just to put it mildly. And as we're recording this 2023, I have seen so many people become more interested in holding on to narratives that are actually holding them into unhappy relationships, mediocre careers, just unappealing hobbies and pastimes, all because of values that don't really belong to them. And I love the fact that you take a very disinterested, I didn't say uninterested, I said disinterested approach, meaning that you're not infusing your biases or preconceived notions. You're just, I'm just taking the information in and literally trying to analyze is it really helping me versus is it helping some other person? And I know there are people who are listening right now who have had their lives shaped by, by like you said, music and some other, other, other things that when they think about, honestly, like, how, why am I even doing this? It, it, it's, it's, it amazes me. And I know that your work with men it's just the idea of like okay listen who are you now knowing that you are your spirit trapped in a physical body this can't just be about accumulating money and girls and stature like there's got to be something better than this well if that was the case for example just again Look at the examples, look at the evidence, right? If it was all about this, then look at the most successful men out there. For example, to use, since that's the context you were speaking about and the clients I work with, are these men crying from joy? Are they very loving? Are they very giving? Are they very caring? Look at the, all the examples that you, for example, if you, you, in your life, look up to find evidence for that, and then see if those if having those things or check marking those boxes really produces the results. It's as simple as that. Look at the results. The results speak the exact opposite. <laughs>
there's many famous actors, musicians, and whatever that every, many men would kind of like give their life to take their position or live a day of their life in their shoes, so to speak, that took their own lives, for example. And the rest of them are usually alcoholics, drug addicts, or have some other issues, but they're not very joyous and happy, loving people that are caring for the world. They're stuck in their own little, again, bubble, overfilled with baggage. So if that's where you want to be as well, then you can focus on all these three on the list. You know, you, you, you'll get the same results. I can guarantee you that it's a scientific method to it. There's plenty of evidence. All right. All right. Assuming, and I, I don't want to exclude women from this conversation. I know that there's no, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're, 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 we're making sure that everybody's impacted, but specifically when I, I'm just going to be very frank. And I say that I, I do have some old fashioned beliefs and I still do believe that men have a huge role in the shaping of our culture. And then we just say, men, just take a back seat. Women got this is missing the whole point of us having a collective experience together. And so I'm hoping that women who are listening to this understand that you need to be a part of helping support your man as he's he's going through his situation. I'm not saying in a romantic, it could be your cousin, your brother, your, your whoever, to understand that he has a lot of pressures, external pressures that are telling him to do things that's completely inauthentic to who he's supposed to be. So I just kind of want to pivot and just say, hey, like people are listening right now. And they're like, you know, Marta, I got you. I need to look more than what meets the eye. Like, how do I bring about this process? Well, the, the first, yeah, the the first place to start, whether this is you as, as a man or even as a woman or it's your partner that you want to help because you can see that they're going through some challenge or some crisis or whatever it is that they're actually struggling with, is to get them to ask them or ask yourself better questions. Because the questions you ask yourself or ask somebody, the quality of the questions will be equal to, to the outcomes of the answers that you're going to get. So you're going to start asking questions. Hey, what are my values? No, you, you would think that most people would, that have, that are, consider themselves intelligent, would actually sit down and evaluate their values because your values are what drives the majority of your behaviors, what your priorities are in life, and so on and so on. And first, what are your values? Then where do these come from, right? Because first, it's, it's hard enough to figure out what your values are, but I'll tell you what's the easiest way to point it out. What do you always have your time for in your life, right? Because everything else is kind of like secondary, but your values, you're always going to have time for. So what is always a priority? What you always have time to put on your calendar and complete? That will give you a very good idea what your values are. Then sit down and really think about where these values came from. Did you decide consciously to take upon them or they were kind of like implanted into your consciousness from somebody else? Now, after you realize that, then the next step to do is like, are these values actually in alignment or beneficial? to your well-being, your family's life, your existence as a human being, your contribution, you, you know, all together as positive to the expression of your life, whether it's personally, interpersonally, professionally, whatever it is. Do these values serve you or not? As simple as that. And then you can change them. Because you chose them at some point, you created them, then you can change them. And the same process then begins with your beliefs. Values is what we have time for, right? Then what do we believe, right? Whose beliefs are these? Did I chose them or somebody imposed them on me? What information is there to validate or invalidate those beliefs? Are there better beliefs I can hold? 
right? And that process goes on and on. It's just going through these two beliefs and values in itself is, is, is quite earth-shattering because it, it's going to expose to your bringing to your awareness a lot of things that you're not aware of that actually run your life. And what I mean run your life is run every moment of your life. It can ruin your life too long term. So it's really important to sit down, slow down, and really become introspective, reflective. Or if it's your partner that's struggling, start asking him those type of questions. So you can elicit from them interesting answers that they probably never We'll have the time or slow down to discover in time to make corrections in their trajectory, in their life's trajectory, because they might discover it, but it'd be too late. So the sooner, the better. The process of introspection is critical because I'm going to use a simple analogy here. And this comes from, from the world of the fastest people on this planet. There are two sports where... It's all about being the fastest on track, top technology, top drivers, top riders, Formula One and MotoGP or Motorcycle Grand Prix Racing. Well, a racing weekend consists of three days and each day has a very limited track time for every rider to go put laps and optimize their performance, right? Well, guess how they spend most of their time? Most of their time is spent in the box analyzing data, meaning like they don't just go mindlessly and just put laps and laps and laps and laps. No, they sit down, a whole team of engineers, they analyze the data and make sense of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. They discard what doesn't, try something else in its place. And if they're doing this and they're paid millions for that, then obviously it makes sense for you to maybe follow their example. <laughs> if you want to go further and faster in life. And what I mean faster, not to expect that, you know, you're going to turn out a billionaire overnight or a saint or something like that. But point being, you can better navigate and direct your life through introspection. I, I love, I, I love that. Cause I, I remember reading that same study, like they, they, they are so into the details to the point where they're actually that I think the manager was making sure that the toilets were getting cleaned the right way. Like everything and everyone was analyzing how the work was getting done. Even the things that you didn't think was important, but I, 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 I want to do, I do, I want to mention some friction points. Like I think for people who are listening, they need to understand this friction. There's friction between what their family values are and the sense of you question your family values. There might be people who will take offense to you questioning things that have been done two, three, four generations back. And the, the other friction about, wait, I've accumulated a whole career and lifestyle surrounding these values. I'm afraid of searching through that. I'm afraid of examining that because my world might crumble apart. Well, there's always going to be a friction in the process of unfolding into your utmost expression in life. There's always going to be friction because in order to progress, in order to grow, you need to shed or get rid of the old. Right. If we look at nature, crabs, for example, because their scaffolding on the outside is is uh, is uh, I forgot the word, the specific word, scientifically speaking, but it's it's a crustacean, so they actually have to crack through it and form a new one. A butterfly or a caterpillar goes into a cocoon that it eventually metaphorses metamorphosis through and turns into a butterfly. So it's the same thing. No matter what you've created before, it served you to a certain point. But once you realize that going forward, this is not the channel or the transportation means, so to speak, to give another or use another analogy. If you were to use public transport, obviously you cannot get everywhere just using one line or one bus or one metro line or one airplane, you always have to 
you're going to use one to one point, then you get to get on the next one and so on. And that way you can travel around the world. Right. So it's the same thing with this. Once you realize that whatever structure you've created in your life up to this point has lived its positive or, so to speak, constructive function in your life, now it's time to transform this function. However, where we run into problems is this attachment, attachment to security or attachment to certainty. That is the problem when we have to change because our ego, that self, that body consciousness that is so limited in its focus on its survival, its biggest, and I again, I'm going to bring this up. I don't care how successful you are, how wealthy you are, how powerful you are. The number one Achilles heel of your ego self is uncertainty. The moment I start Poking at it, you're going to be shitting yourself. And I can guarantee you that because that's the one thing the ego dreads, uncertainty. The ego is there, put there to ensure survival, number one, through evolutionary biology. That is how it's wired to work. The moment there is uncertainty in the loop, oh, no, stay away. It might be as simple as clasping your head, hence the other way around. If you ever have, I'm sure you have a preferred way to do it. Try doing it the other way around. How uncomfortable it feels at first, right? You want to let go right away. I used to be a right-handed person. I have a secret for you. We all ambidextrous if we choose to be. We just develop a habit of using one hand. You can learn to use both. And actually, that's a great hack. If you want to be more productive, more creative, more outgoing more, whatever you want to call it, because the more you use these things, these are the tools in the body that are have the most sophisticated control and capabilities, right? If you evaluate your feet, it's very little in comparison what you can do with your feet compared to your hand, right? Or the dexterity you have. So if you develop the ability to control both equally, you're going to create, like, you're going to stimulate your brain. This is like a brain gym. Like it's the best brain gym is to develop both your hands. But point being, most people have are either, oh, I'm right-handed, I'm left-handed. No, you're you have two two-handed, you just have a preference, for example. And it's very uncomfortable at first. You know, start brushing your teeth with your left hand if you're a right-handed person, or the other way around, or start eating your food like this. It, it feels like almost somebody's doing a surgery on your brain. <laughs> it's not very convenient or comfortable to do, but who cares? It's going to benefit you in the long run. If you're focused right here, right now, if, like, if you run your, co- your life like a for-profit corporation and you look at it every quarter and that's your concern, that's great, right? If you're a shareholder of your life, so to speak, then that's okay. You're looking at short-term profit, right? But if you live life to reach a point where you can say, oh, wow, you look back and you're like, wow, I lived an amazing life. This it's really fulfilling. I'm in a place in my life that I wouldn't change any moment that came along. Then you'll have to play with your life like with Play-Doh. You know, you build something or with like a Lego set. You build something, eventually you get tired of it. You build something else with it. Big, big deal, right? If you've done it before, you can do it again. It's as simple as that. And if you lack the information when where well, we live in the age of information. You can find information in anything you want. Books, videos, instructions, documentaries, classes, courses, you name it. You know, speaking to your point, because I know you love knowledge and I know you like researching. So a few uh, days ago, I was listening to this, uh, watching this video from Veritasium. The biggest myth in edu- education is that certain people were visual learners and they went to the uh, process of explaining about people either classify themselves as visual, auditory, reading, writer, kinesic. And they were saying that the studies based on that information was based on someone's observation, not, and there was no science that proved it. 
that you could either be a visual or auditory. It's just based on you wanting to self-label yourself and then through confirmation bias. And they had numerous studies that did randomized tests to say, well, if you are truly a visual learning, if we randomize and have people do either a visual test or art, you should, you should match up. And it showed that no, through our own biases, through our own self-labeling, through our own filters, we're boxing ourselves into styles of learning or writing or whatever based on things that aren't necessarily true. And so I hope people are listening and understanding like you got, and what Marto's saying, like you've got some choices, honey. You got some serious choices and don't let labels from people that you don't know convince you otherwise. Yeah, now this is very important what you bring up with the labels because the human psychology is designed in such a way that it has to behave in alignment with your sense of self-identity. So whatever you say, I am, data, 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 most likely you behave in alignment with in a more like almost rigid way. So placing those labels or replacing those labels in, once you realize that they don't serve you any longer is where you start to transform and change. First, you upgrade or let's put it this way, reshuffle your sense of self, right? How you hold yourself, the concept of self, what you are, how you are, where you are, what you up to, and so on and so on. But what I like to say is, I am case closed. Once you get used with that, because the way I live my life is, I am anything and everything I have to be at any given moment. Meaning I don't limit myself to, oh, I'm a podcast guest today or a speaker or an author or an entrepreneur, a lover, a, a, a child to my parents or a, a father or whatever you want to call me with. I'm anything and everything I have to be in order to play my, my role in life as powerfully as possible that creates harmony and light in the world. So I'll take on any of those labels for a moment and then I'll drop them down because they're like, they're like with Velcro on the back. And I stick them in, take them out. Stick them in, take them out. Oh gosh, I love that so much. I love that so much because I, I know that we've got people here who are like, I'm a mother, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a I'm a father, I'm a blah, 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 comma, 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 comma. I'm saying this to, to illustrate the point that what happens if I take away all your commas? Are you still okay? That 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 is a very, very powerful question to sit with. Who are you without your labels? Who are you? To really examine this and find out who are you without any of those labels. If you cannot put any of those labels, then who are you? Who is the you? Who is the I, I want that's people, choosing those labels? I want people who are listening to really understand that this may be the first time. You, be, you may be all grown, 40, 50, 60 plus. And nobody's asked you that question because it may have been inconvenient to their own agenda. And now the question I, I know Mar Marlo's asking too is like, what's your agenda? Do you have an agenda? Or is your agenda just following what those commas tell you to be or perform? And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, like, are, are you feeling fulfilled? And it goes back to those values again. If you're feeling misalignment, are you brave enough to explore that? Because I know it's like we talked about in the earlier our, our conversation that it's so easy to numb yourself to all the things that are around you that's glaringly obvious that you are missing, you are in misalignment. And I know this is going to be a really hard conversation. So I want people who are listening to know that. Obviously, you are a resource, and I know that you've got a lot of, of material. Would you 
kind of share some some options, some some paths that you can be able to support um, men who are listening right now, who are at that stance of going, man, I, I don't know who I am right now, and this is not good. I don't feel good about who I am right now. Well, the place place to start is really go to my website, m a r t i n h r i s t o v dot com or my name martinchristov.com and discover about my work first and foremost to see if you resonate with the way I deliver my message because I'm a very in your face type of person I'm going to poke you in all these places that you need to work on I'm not going to tell you what you need to hear uh, what you want to hear I'm going to tell you what you need to hear and I'm going to hold you up to it so to work with me requires a certain set of of desire to really do real work because there's a lot of people out there that would feed you ego. But if you're doing this, you're making yourself a great disservice because all you're doing is you're reinforcing the problems in your life or the, the baggage that you've accumulated. You basically keep on adding more to it. So eventually you're going to drown. But best place is start on my website and just schedule a free consultation. Full free coaching session with me. I'll help you with tools that you can implement right away based on your circumstances at this moment. Once you validate whether or not what I suggested or helped you to to realize creates better results in your life, then if you're interested, we can continue to work from there. But it's as simple as that because at the end of the day, if 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 I cannot deliver results, with my help, or you're not willing to really do anything with it, then nothing's going to happen, right? I can give you the the keys and the tools to to build the most splendid castle in the world and all the resources and the people to do it. And you're still kind of like, choose to numb out and continue to do and distract yourself however you did up to this point. So I cannot go in the gym and lift the weights for you. I can guide you how to do it, but if I was to go and lift the weights for you, I'll be the one ending up looking good, right? Or like at least getting the workout. I think we're both doing our own spiritual workout day in and day out. You know, I can't be lifting everybody else's uh, weights. And I, I love how you you mentioned that it's a process for you to decide for yourself. No regardless of what this conversation entails for you, this requires action. Thinking, hoping, praying (laughs) is not the same as taking that next step. So if you're listening to this conversation, if you think like Mario is the person for you, like, please, we're going to leave links in the show notes below so that you can be able to connect with him. I love the fact that you asked about understanding who you are, where they come where your values come from, that's the genesis of any type of introspection. And then having uh, someone to guide you through those uncomfortable moments where your ego wants to pop out and say, no, this is how we do it all the time. Or no, my mom said, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's some huge resistance and friction on top of society and all this other stuff. Like, baby, you can't do this by yourself. Trust me. If it was that simple, Everybody will be beautiful, wealthy, and sexy, and problem-free. I <laughs> it, it, it takes someone that's not you, because we do a great job to fool ourselves and deceive ourselves daily. It goes back to that survival idea. But oh yeah, the moment the the uncertainty shows up, the ego is so amazing at justifying why you're right. Why you're the only right person in the world and everybody's wrong. But guess what? What I realized long time in my life is that the only common denominator my life revolved around was me. So if I didn't like my life or I don't like how people were in my life or anything in my my life, the only thing that had to change was me because I'm the only common denominator. So it cannot be anything else. If I continue to experience the same things, no matter where I go, who I speak with and blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously, 
it's me <laughs> that I need to look at, <laughs> not at the world out there, out there that really, in in all essence, does not really exist. But that's a whole different conversation for another. Uh-huh. Let me put it this way: quantum physics, backed by science, conversation that we can have. That it's a whole different rabbit hole. No, I'm feeling that. You know, I remember my mentor once told me that I was the uh, creative director, executive producer. Uh, of uh, the production of my life. And how do you like the show? I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, it's been a really pleasure talking with you. But if there's anything that you just want to impart for the people who are listening, what would it be? Like, if, if nothing else, what should you know? Uh, well, what you should know, I would say what you should know, but let me share a story with you. A nice, uh, exciting story. Long time ago in the African savanna lived a very strong and powerful lioness that was uh, going along her way on her own. She lived separate from a pride because she was very strong and uh, kind of like uh, single-minded, so to speak. So she didn't feel like she needed the support or the help of the pride. And she was very late in her pregnancy and very heavy and hadn't had a chance to to get some food lately. It's been very hard for her to exert and catch a prey. Haven't had to come across anything easy to snack, so to speak. And she was barely dragging herself through the savanna, just in some very, very tall grass, when all of a sudden fortune <laughs> fell in her lap, so to speak. Ayola, uh, a flock of sheep kind of like came right through and didn't notice that she was hiding in the bush right next to and nearby it was little baby sheep. So she was like just salivating and like totally on it. Like I'm going to snack this and going to go and eat. So she willed so strongly and exerted herself, gave it a great jump, cut the, little sheep and just ran into the bush, but she didn't realize that in that very moment, while she was getting so exerted, that she gave birth to a baby lion that she left behind. So years passed and the local shepherds knew that there was this very interesting flock of sheep with a lion with them that bleeds and behaves and mixes with the sheep. It lives like a sheep. They called it the sheep lion. So one day, rotting through the same savanna was a magnificent male lion with the big mane and everything, just proudly, proudly making his way. When he stumbled upon the same flock, he, he was stupefied. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm eyes like, Really, what's going on here? What is this lion doing, acting like a sheep? He's either the greatest con artist in the world that he can mix with the sheep or there's something wrong with it. So he would just like started to examine this in detail. He was just so caught by surprise in a, in a good way. So he walked, looked from this perspective, that perspective. He was trying to figure out when he's... The lion's going to eat something, but you know, just bleeding and just behaving like a sheep. So it was like, well, I need to get closer and examine that. He was hiding or crouching in the, in the grass. So he gave it a great jump. And the whole flock just ran away. The only thing left was this sheep lion. It was like, no, 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 no. Please, please don't hurt me. I'm just a sheep. I'm just a sheep. I'm just a sheep. When the lion caught it and shaked it real, like, wake up, wake up, look at me, look at me, look at me. So he dragged it by the near pond. And when this other sheep lion looked at the pond, saw its reflection and saw, and the other lion said, hey, look at this face, this face roars. And the same lion lives within you, but you've been living like a sheep all your life. So my point is, start looking for the lion. Because society has been brainwashing you ever since with lack, with fears, with all these 
degrees of disempowerment. Look for the lion. That lion is within you. Don't be the sheep lion. Don't be a sheep. Stop bleeding. Start roaring in your life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to see that. <laughs> it's just been such a pleasure. I, I'm hoping everybody finds their own inner beast because it's in there. It's in there. It's ready to come out. Uh, thank you just so much. And I know that people who are listening are going to take stock of their life. Stop living on autopilot. Ask themselves the right question and get the support that they need because it ain't going to be solo. I'm hoping that people who are listening will also understand that it is a process and you may have dips and pivots along the way. But as long as you're asking yourself the right questions, you're one step closer to becoming who you are designed to be. Not with society, your mom, your cousin, Uncle Kimmy, and all them, all the people around you are saying, no, you. So that being said, if you enjoy this conversation, please connect with Marta. I really want you to do that. I wouldn't have guests on my show that don't have something worthwhile to share. Just, just, just saying. I want you to take action. And obviously, I want you to share this podcast and write a review because, you know, I got to make sure that people spread this message far and wide because otherwise we're going to have a bunch of sheep all around us, you know, and they ain't fun. Well, thank you, Marto. Thank you, everyone who is listening. I'm hoping that everyone takes that next step because you deserve to live a life that's satisfactory. Well, that being said, take care and be awesome. 